Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Kia ora koutou. For Eyewitness and RNZ National, I'm Justin Gregory. Love him or hate him, the New Zealand Geographic Board has been busy naming and renaming bits of scenery for nearly a century now. There have been controversies along the way, none of them bigger than the blow-up over the name of one of our most famous mountains. But it was a move worth making, because no one could agree on what to call it. The Restless Mountains, Ngā Mauna Pārewarewa, a series based on Māori mythology. This episode... What oh what is the name of that mountain? Good question, because not that long ago, if you asked most people, as RNZ did in this 1977 documentary, you would have gotten just one answer. It's Egmont, of course, although it could have gone another way. You know, we could have had a Dutch name for the mountain. Tasman, of course, sailed past uh, Taranaki in 1642. He never sighted the mountain. But, of course, the name that has stayed was given by Captain Cook in January 1770. And, of course, when I say most people, I don't mean the eight different iwi and hapu living around the mountain. That's a time when when Captain Cook came over and they they spotted it. They spotted the top of the mountain and they named it Mount Egmont. But the real name is Taranaki. When I was a kid at Pihanga Primary School in Turangi, they used to tell us a story about the mountains that surrounded us. Once upon a time, there were seven gods in the form of volcanoes, and they all stood around Lake Taupo. There was Tongarero, Naruhoi, Ruapehu, Putawaki, Tauhara and Taranaki, and they all fought for the love of the beautiful Pihanga. Tongarero won and stands next to the Pihanga today. The defeated five retreated to the south, the north and the east where they remain. A furious Taranaki, however, stormed off to the west, gouging a trail across the land as he went that filled with his tears, becoming the Whanganui River. When the sun sets behind him, Taranaki is said to be showing himself to Pihanga, and when Tongarero erupts, he's warning Taranaki to stay away. At the time, the mountain was known to locals as Pukihopapa and was called Pukionaki by more distant tribes. It became Taranaki after first ancestor Rua Taranaki, from whom that iwi eventually drew their name. In 1770, Captain James Cook sailed past the mountain and slack-jawed at its beauty, he named it Egmont. Now, this was to honour John Percival, the first Earl of Egmont, first Lord of the Admiralty and a key supporter of Cook's voyage. You've got to keep your sponsors sweet after all. But obviously Iwi weren't consulted and poor old Percival died before he ever found out. Two years later, French explorer Marion Dufresne renamed the mountain Pic du Mascarene, but he was killed not long afterwards, so that name never really took. So, to recap, Pukionaki, Pukihopapa, Taranaki, Egmont and the French one, have been some of the names this volcanic mountain has worn. 
but it was the name Egmont that started appearing on maps. It's 1865, and there's unrest in the Rohe. After the Second Taranaki War, more than a million acres of Māori land is confiscated, including the mountain, and resold for settlement. In 1900, Egmont National Park is created. It's just the second national park in the country. Thirty years later, a royal commission finds the land confiscation to be unjust. Come forward to the 1970s, and while the mountain is silent, a movement for change starts to steam and rumble. But what was the mountain called then? It was Mount Egmont in the Egmont National Park. This is Lance Gerling Butcher. He's a long-term Taranaki resident. He's a former councillor, a former journalist, and the former editor of the Taranaki Daily News. And he's certain that even back then, he could feel change coming. It had been changing for years. I think there'd just been a growing acceptance of the usage of Taranaki, as I say, particularly amongst the young. There was less use of Egmont and more use of Taranaki. In the 70s, the Taranaki Māori Trust Board took a petition to Parliament. We request the return of our sacred mountain, Taranaki. Taranaki is the symbol of our people since they came to these shores and will remain so into the infinite future. Its return to the Māori people and the restoration of its proper name, Taranaki, will signify more than any other gesture that justice has been done. Majority opinion isn't on their side. A poll a couple of years earlier found that more than 90% of locals wanted to keep Egmont as the name. Labour government MP Korowetari, who was Nati Maniapoto, had told Taranaki Māori the mountain would soon be handed back to them. Lands Minister Maturata from Nati Kuri said the government agreed that the mountain should be renamed Taranaki. Vin Young, the national MP for Egmont, goes ballistic. A New Zealand Herald opinion piece calls the change an ill-conceived proposal that should be unequivocally consigned to the scrap heap. And under pressure, PM Bill Rowling kills the plan. Opposition leader Robert Muldoon allegedly cheered loudly when he heard. A year later, Muldoon is the new PM and Vin Young is the lands minister. Young says the name change is an impossibility, a dead issue, and besides, it'd be too expensive to rename all those maps and charts. In 1978, Vin Young, whose Egmont electorate had been renamed Waitotara, introduces a bill that returns the mountain to the Taranaki Māori Trust Board, who immediately gift it back to the nation. But in 1996, a Waitangi tribunal report said there was little evidence that Hapu had agreed to this. 1985, Labour is the new government. Korowetari, the lands minister, and as the volcano threatens to erupt for the first time in centuries, so does the debate about its ingoa. Taranaki Māori make their move and request the mountain's name be changed. The New Zealand Geographic Board decides to meet. They have the power to say yay or nay, and everyone wants to tell them what to do. Believe it or not, there are some people who who habitually sit there in their garrets waiting for the arrival of proposals that they can put up veritable file of uh, evidence for or against. This is academic, educator and tribal negotiator Ta, or Sir, Tipani O'Regan from Naitahu. In 1985, he'd just been appointed to the Geographic Board. Ended up with those boxes that you put copy paper in. I think they take five reams of paper. We each had one of those on our desk with the submissions in it. (laughs) So it was a very considerable challenge and not inconsiderable effort on the part of the poor lonely secretary of the board who had to assemble it all. The board assess the evidence, discuss it, and then on August the 6th, 1985, they vote unanimously 
for change. The board has now proposed that the mount be known as Taranaki, followed by the name Egmont in brackets. All three local MPs and the chairman of the Taranaki United Council have publicly rejected the idea. A recent newspaper poll saw 6,000 people vote for Egmont as a name, while only 900 supported reverting to Taranaki. Boom. It's all on. There's legal threats. Two petitions opposing the change are sent to Parliament, each with more than 10,000 signatures. A New Zealand Herald opinion piece warns that if Egmont goes, Mount Cook and Auckland could be next. Cliff Emony chairs the Save Mount Egmont's Name Committee. He complains to the race relations conciliator that, quote, politically motivated anti-European prejudices, end quote, are behind all this and that, quote, grave harm has been done to the formerly excellent race relations in Taranaki. This great surge of anti-European racism, he warns, will produce massive waves of racial strife throughout New Zealand for a long time to come. May the 2nd, 1986. The minister overrides the board's choice and rules that from now on the mountain will be formally recorded as Mount Egmont or Mount Taranaki in that order, and it's up to everyone to decide which name they want to use. No one's happy with this decision. A journalist even tracks down the Earl of Egmont's descendants to see what they think. A spokesperson for the family says it's a gross insult, but when asked if the current Earl had ever visited Taranaki, they reply no, but he has always wanted to go to Africa. New Plymouth MP Tony Friedlander calls the decision a very messy compromise. But is he right? Tiffany O'Regan again. Compromises uh, very seldom satisfy everybody. I think it was as good as we were going to get at that time. It was because of political pressure. Lance Gerling Butcher isn't impressed either. Well, I thought it was a bit of a cop-out. When he later becomes editor of the Taranaki Daily News, Lance decides editorial policy is to call the mountain by its Māori name. Because I I got a lot of red-necked Pākehā who said, if you change the name of the mountain, I'm cancelling my paper. You're just a, a Māori lover. And those kind of nasty, buddy statements, which, which riled me, really. Taranaki Māori, on the other hand, had quietly approached him, asking for the change. And explaining its significance to them and the fact that it would mean so much if people were to call it Taranaki. When you're faced with that kind of, uh, of, of, of difference, you, you tend to go with the quiet, polite people. But just as the mountain didn't explode in 1985, neither did racial hatred over its name change. Compromise won. Today, Lance gives Kōrowetari credit for a good decision. I think in the end it worked. I, I wouldn't call it farsighted because I don't think they had a clue which way it was going to go. The debate over the Māori ward was an indication of what happens when you try to make something, make a decision too quickly. That definitely got the racist out in full force and um, a lot of anger as well. You just can't do it overnight. Tipani O'Regan went on to lead Naitahu's negotiations with the Crown, resulting in the Settlement Act of 1998. A big win was renaming our highest mountain to Auraki Mount Cook, the only dual place name in the country with the Māori name first. Eventually, it was believed, the second name would just drop off. For the moment, it hasn't done it with Auraki Mount Cook, but it doesn't seem to hurt anyone, and most people know what Auraki means, at least in the South Island, anyhow. And a slowly, slowly approach to renaming is being applied elsewhere, including a famous lake. The correct spelling of Tekapo is actually Takapo, T-A-K-A, so we just use it. Hope that more and more people will pick up on the idea so that when we come to make some formal move on it, it will be uh, seen as relatively inconsequential. We try to avoid 
the sort of scarifying triggers that uh, give rise to uh, race tension. We don't do too badly, really. We're doing better and better as a society, I think, in this regard. Mount Egmont, or Mount Taranaki, it wasn't the first name change made by the Geographic Board, not even close, but it was probably the most important, sparking a conversation we're still having and will keep on having for a long time. The volcano is in a quiet stage right now, but is overdue, geologically speaking, for another eruption. And so is the question of its dual name. Because in December 2017, eight Taranaki Iwi and the Crown signed an understanding that Mount Taranaki and the Egmont National Park will be granted legal personhood, recognising the mountain as a tūpuna and giving it the same rights as a citizen, just like Te Uruera and Te Awatupua Whanganui River. Full settlement and an apology from the Crown for the confiscation should follow soon. Could a final name change to Taranaki be on the cards too? Let's see. And then let's see what happens after that. The story was produced by me, Justin Gregory, using archival audio from the Taonga Sound and Vision. The engineers were Rangi Poek, Alex Aylett McMillan and Blair Stagpool. You can subscribe to every Eyewitness podcast at iTunes or at radioNZ.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way more people get to hear about Eyewitness. And if you have stories you want us to tell, email us at eyewitness at radioNZ.co.nz. Noho ora mai. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.